This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Hey friends, I'm Emma Choi and welcome to Everyone and Their Mom, a weekly show from Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. This week we're talking about time capsules with Wait Wait panelist, comedian, and someone who I feel like has a very strong opinion on scented candles. It's Hari Kondabolu. Hi, Hari. Hey, Emma. How are you? Good. What Do you have a strong opinion on scented candles? Uh, not really. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, Hari, I got an amazing story for you this week. Citizens of Sheldon, Iowa ran into a little conundrum when they couldn't find the time capsule they buried 50 years ago. Man, that's a bummer. I know. It's You know, like when you wait so long for something and then all of a sudden it doesn't happen? Yeah. And this is because it's all their own fault. Didn't they have a map? Didn't <laughs> did anyone not draw a map? Yeah. Okay, we all have questions, Hari, okay? But l- let me give you some context, okay? So Sheldon, Iowa is celebrating its 150th birthday this year. Yay, happy birthday. And for part of the celebrations, they were planning to dig up a 50-year-old time capsule for, like, a group unboxing, right? But, uh-oh, they cannot remember where they put it. Sheldon's Chamber of Commerce director said that she, quote, thinks that it's under the concrete in the park, which is like, okay, great. Let's all put out suggestions. And just to be safe, let's just dig up the whole town, you know? For the time capsule. Yes. And, you know, their plan is to use an underground radar system to pinpoint the capsule's location, you know? Uh, Which is honestly a better idea than our suggestion to just walk around and think really hard to yourself, if I were a 50-year-old time capsule, where would I be? Huh. They're not the only town in Iowa who's used the system. A town in Sibley in Iowa used the same radar company to find their lost time capsule. It's basically the golden age of underground radar companies. So uh, get in while the getting's good, huh? Huh. Also, no offense to Iowa, but a 50-year time capsule, you're going to open it, and it's like, oh, this is what everyone in Iowa still wears. Yes, and we're going to get a lot of complaint letters from the state of Iowa. Yes. I was mocking Iowa. Yes, Hari, we know. Yeah. The thing we love about time capsules is, like, at a certain point, it's really just a cylinder of random stuff. You yes. know? Like, it, it reminds yeah. me of, like, you know, everyone has that stuff drawer in their kitchen where, like, random stuff goes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a stuff drawer? Every, of course, everybody has multiple stuff drawers. Yeah, uh, of course. Stuff drawers. What, Hari, what is in your stuff drawer? Can you unbox oh. it for us? Let's see. You know, I got some pens in here, uh-huh. and I got some zip drives, yeah, but yeah. I don't know what's on them. And I got uh, some paper clips, nails, uh, square readers from when I tried to sell CDs and then was reminded that it wasn't 1997. Right. <laughs> and... Uh, Lots of lead. I guess at some point I was into mechanical pencils recently, and I, I bought a lot of lead. And that's like a solid stuff drawer. I feel like a lot of stuff drawers, if you, like, root through it, you find, like, buried treasure. Do, do you think there's any, like, treasure or valuable stuff in your stuff drawer? I would imagine there's more sentimental things in there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure in, in the, vari- the number of st- stuff drawers I have, I'm going to find, like, a random piece of paper that triggers a memory. Especially, like, stuffed drawers, when you go overboard, it's just hoarding. <laughs> True. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I feel like, you know, it's like a scrapbook, but in a drawer. You know, a stuffed drawer is so many things. It's a treasure box, it's a memory box, it's a journal, and it's just a trash can. Hello, can you introduce yourself for us? Sure, I'm Patrick Moore. I'm the director of the Andy Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We're so excited to have you. Andy Warhol is an absolute pop art icon, legend, king. And a lot of people might not know this about Andy, but he had a massive amount of his own personal time capsules, like 600. Can you tell us about them? Sure. You know, Andy Warhol's time capsules are a gigantic work of art. Yes. Uh, they relate to his love of collecting in some circles, one might say hoarding. And <laughs> They really started as an attempt by his studio assistants to make sense of what to do with all of his stuff. Not to, you know, um, neg Andy Warhol right now, but it kind of sounds like he just took a bunch of trash cans and called them art. Is that accurate? Well, it is and it isn't. But if you were Andy Warhol, what mm -hmm. was in effect trash on your desk might include an original Basquiat drawing. Okay, so it's not trash to him, but it is a collection of stuff. Has your team found anything, like, kind of gross in these boxes? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have found all sorts. There's a mummified foot. What? His foot? No. Whose foot? We're not sure whose foot it is, but there's a mummified wow. foot. Uh, there was an old slice of pizza. There was a Coca-Cola bottle that had exploded and expelled its uh, Coca-Cola all over everything. Wow, that's so cool. Is there anything in these boxes that's so, you know, personal that you kind of feel like, oh, I don't know if I should be looking at this? Yes, there are many things like that. Uh, there are Andy's wigs because oh. Warhol was famous for wearing wigs. Mm-hmm. He was almost never seen without his wig. And, you know, he looks so frail and vulnerable without the mm -hmm. wig. And uh, that's how he must have felt without it. It was a little bit like an armor for him, I think, that getup that he wore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. We also heard that there were, like, unpaid bills in the boxes. Can you tell, oh, tell us yeah. about those? Yeah. You probably have heard about Warhol getting shot by Valerie Solanas, and he actually died on a clinical level. He was revived in the hospital. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, so it was a terrible uh, incident and really mm -hmm. ripped him up inside. So he had a lot of doctor bills. And it doesn't seem like Andy was very prompt in paying those bills. So we do have a fabulous uh, bill from a doctor and on the outside of the envelope, the doctor has written, pay up, you cheapskate. Wow. Does that mean that I can I can just, like, not pay my rent and it's art? Um, I'm not going to authorize that, but I, <laughs> I fully uh, support you in your artistic endeavors. <laughs> hey, uh, Patrick, here's a question for you. Since you're the director of this museum, does that mean you can touch any of the art you want? No. In fact, my staff tells me to keep out uh, in, from <laughs> many spaces. 
I don't even have a key to heart storage. Oh, I kind of just imagine you pressing your forehead against the Campbell soup painting, but I guess that's not possible. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen under my watch. I have another idea for you, Patrick. What do you think about rebranding Andy Warhol as the guy Patrick Moore directs a museum about? Huh? Ah, well, I think that Warhol's legacy will last far longer than mine. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think I'll pass on that one. All right. I'll tell you, it really is an honor to be the director of the Warhol because when I was a little gay kid growing up in Iowa uh, mm -hmm. in the 1960s, 70s, and early 80s, I turned on MTV one day and there was the show, Andy Warhol's 15 Minutes. And it was like this magic portal into this incredible, glamorous, exciting world of New York City that I never thought that I would even be able to touch, let alone be a part of. And when you think of it, for an artist to be able to reach out and touch a little gay kid in Iowa, especially back in the 70s and 80s, that's quite an accomplishment. So I really feel like Warhol's been with me the whole journey. Patrick, our episode is about a time capsule in Iowa. I love how this comes full circle, like art and time capsules in Iowa. Ah, I, I'm <laughs> very interested to listen to it and learn more about an Iowa time capsule. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us, Patrick. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Support for NPR and the following message comes from Front Door. We all have that endless home to-do list. Repair the leaky dishwasher, fix the fridge, get the faucet to stop dripping. Get it all done with Front Door, the one-stop home repair and maintenance app. With Front Door, you can video chat with home repair experts, diagnose the problem faster, and cross off that to-do list. Now, when your home needs fixing or maintenance, just open the Front Door. Download and get unlimited video chats with an expert for just $25 a year. Moms know the ups and downs of life. It's what makes them great subjects for books. This is one of the things that fiction can do, right? It can give us a window into the battles that each person is waging or facing, but it doesn't mean that we condone her actions. This week on NPR's Book of the Day podcast, we are discussing books centering mothers. So call your mom, then tune into the Book of the Day podcast from NPR. We think it's so funny that they can't remember where they put the time capsule. Harry, how do you remember where you put stuff? I write it down. I mean, that's what surprises me the most. How come nobody drew a map or there was no documentation? Like, the assumption was in 50 years people would still remember? Like, that's a hell of a... I mean, how does that happen? Didn't they mark it? I, I don't know. But yeah, it feels like they should have had a map or maybe they just like... They were like, okay, we'll remember it real good, and then we'll tell our kids where it is, and they'll remember it real good, too. And then that didn't work out. Well, the other hard thing is, like, things change so much. So, like, did people know not to, like, you know, build a road over the spot or, or not build a house or, like, a government building? Like, was there any check to make sure that, like, this was yeah. safeguarded? To start off, will you introduce yourself? 
Yes, yeah, my name is Ashley Nordahl. I am the uh, chamber director here in Sheldon, Iowa. Yes, you are the chamber director <laughs> in the town of Sheldon, Iowa. And we also just learned that you're a new mom and you're with your baby right now. I am, yes, she's here. Finally fell asleep, but she is here, so. <laughs> oh, well, okay, Ashley, we want to talk to you today because your town's been in the news because there's been a little kerfuffle with the time capsule situation. <laughs> so we have to ask, did you find it? We did, yes. You found it! Yes, oh, it's in our possession. God. That's great. <laughs> yes. Yay! Did you end up using the radar company? Actually, no. So we actually knew where it was, mm -hmm. but the problem was that there was cement that got laid all yeah. around where the plaque was. <laughs> So uh -huh. in order for us to get to it, we didn't know if we were going to have to tear up concrete. So we were like, we need to make sure we know exactly where this sucker is. <laughs> Good. Never hurts to double check. <laughs> but what was in that sucker? Yeah, there was actually a lot of really interesting stuff. So they buried it during the centennial year. Um, so yeah. there was a lot of um, some information on all of the programs that they did. There was current newspapers, like tons and tons of those. Um, some, there was a directory of a church. And then something that I found super interesting was they did this like Brothers of the Bush thing. It was a beard growing contest, essentially. And if you didn't want to grow a beard, <laughs> you had to pay. And then you got a button to wear around so that people like couldn't question you on why you didn't have oh facial God. hair. So fun. I absolutely adored that. So that was really cool. <laughs> I love that, you know, in 1972 and in 2022, men are still obsessed with facial hair. Obsessed. What in the world? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I guess what happens next? Like, where do you put the old stuff? Is it kind of like a thanks and chuck it situation? <laughs> no, we're going to um, display it in our museum but we're putting together a committee to actually go through ideas to put back into Ooh. the time capsule. We're going to rebury it. And we actually think everything that can be reused from 1972, we're going to put back in there. I just think having the history from both 100 years and 50 years ago will be super cool for the people in the future to see. Yeah. Our wheels are turning on what to put in there. So, Do you have any like top contenders so far of like top choices to put in there? You know, we don't really. We were so focused on just getting it out in time for our ceremony that yeah. we have not really focused on what to put back in. So we're getting there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you can, if you want, we'll send you a thumb drive of this freaking episode. And then 50 years from now, they'll know that your town was featured in the most popular podcast of all time. Absolutely. I love that idea. <laughs> <laughs> so with this new time capsule, you know, what are you going to do differently? Um, directions are going to be like framed in our office or something. <laughs> we had like, yeah. we had just enough information to be dangerous, I feel like. So yeah, we have, we've thought about that. Like, do we frame directions and like put them in the mayor's or yeah. in, like the city manager's office or something? <laughs> That's the main thing on our list is to make sure that they'll know how to get to it. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, you should, maybe you should incorporate it into the elementary school education so every person in Sheldon knows where it is. This is critical information. Yes. Well, we're really excited to see what goes in the time capsule. In the meantime, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and telling us a little bit about the time capsule yeah thank you for having me it's very fun
This message comes from NPR sponsor Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor BritBox. Discover powerful new series like Three Little Birds and BAFTA-winning drama Time, starring Bella Ramsey, Tamara Lawrence, and Jodie Whittaker. Stream the best of British TV only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com. And here's the most fun... Oh, man. I ran out of steam right there. But you know who can pick the steam right back up? It's our assistant producer, Zola Ray. Take it away, Zola. This show was brought to you by Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. This episode was produced by Haley Baker, Zola Ray, that's me, Oja Lopez, and our brand new best friend, Kelly Wessinger, with help from Blythe Robertson, Lillian King, Sophie hernandez Nevis, and Chester the Cheetah. Our supervising producer is Jennifer Mills, and our RA is Mike Danforth. Once again, Lorna White, you're a goddess among mortals. Ashley Nordahl, thanks for coming on to settle this time capsule fiasco so I can finally sleep at night. Sheldon is lovely. I was born and raised here, so um, I clearly love it. Patrick Moore, thanks for showing us that one man's trash is another man's treasure. Nobody really wants a piece of toast in a frame. Thank you to our co-host, comedian, wait, wait panelist, and apocalypse predictor, Hari Kondabolu. I was probably one of the best students they ever had. See him live at Teehee's Comedy Club in Des Moines on October 9th and Comedy Works in Denver from October 13th to 15th. Emma Choi is our fabulous host, and you can find her at Wait, Wait, NPR. And you can find me practicing my Shark Tank pitch for a time capsule that disappears into thin air, proving that material items don't matter after all. Okay, I'm done. This is NPR. You wouldn't be from the town of Sheldon, Iowa, would you? No, I'm from the town of Cherokee, Iowa, but I actually know Sheldon. And it's almost as glamorous as Cherokee. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp. When you're carrying around a lot of stress, therapy is a safe space to get it off your chest. If you're considering therapy, give BetterHelp a try at BetterHelp.com NPR to get 10% off your first month. I'm Jesse Thorne. Why did Cola Scola write a bonkers, extremely fictionalized play about Mary Todd Lincoln? Well, you know, it was 2020 and we were all so isolated. I, I just started doing research. On, but the truth is, I, no, I just thought of it. We'll talk about that and more on Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR.